life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. I've, I've heard the podcast, even. Oh, you have? So, there you go. I appreciate it. I'm going to talk like an Australian by the end of this. I've, I, we can already hear it in my voice. It's going to be, be varying degrees right. of, of Aussie in well, what, here. <laughs> this is, we should talk about this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in to Road Stories uh, podcast, everybody. All, part of the All Things Comedy Network. How's it going, 2014? This is the first episode. Uh, uh, I apologize for... Um, Dropping it a little later than usual, but uh, I wanted uh, I wanted a show that would kick 2014 in the nuts, and I think I got it. <laughs> so how's that for pressure? <laughs> Nervous laughing in the background. From guests. Let, let me put on my steel-toed boots. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's just get right into it. I'm very excited to have both of these guys. One guy's been here before, uh, a little while ago. I met, I met him on the Orny Adams podcast, I believe. How about that? Remember that? What a, what a momentous occasion <laughs> in everybody's life that was. Oh, yeah. People are remembering it right now. As I, hear st- I still get residuals from that. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a blast. I had him on my podcast a couple of weeks later, and he became one of my uh, favorite people, one of my favorite comedians. Jim Short comes back uh, with us today. It's a thrill. It's a thrill to be back. It's a thrill to be anywhere. Yes, yeah, it's right. great. This I is bet great. it's a thrill. And I had you. such a good time because we, we came on uh, and had a chat here with, uh, I can't remember who was on here, but it was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. A fun, a highlight. Oh, well, thanks. One of the podcasts I shared out like, hey, listen to this one because it's a good one. Oh, thanks. And of course, uh, you've been on the road with Margaret Cho for the last year and you guys do Monsters of Talk, which is a great podcast also. Yeah, we had our little uh, little podcast that's going on too. Everybody's got a podcast. Yeah, now, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a good one. We We've... We've gone all over the world and recorded people, so it's been great. We've had some amazing guests and awesome and fun times, and we record in hotel rooms backstage here, there. Mm-hmm. We were in Copenhagen and Berlin and Paris and you name it, on yeah, the yeah. streets of Melbourne talking to people. <laughs> it's It's been really fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's well, I'm glad you're back, man, and I can't wait to hear about uh, your adventures yeah. over the last year. And uh, the next... Australian uh, stepping to the microphone who I met at the LA podcast festival. That's right. Um, who has his own podcast, all part of all things comedy, which is uh, how I was probably able to name drop that to get you on here. Right. Yeah. My podcast is called Toe Fop. I actually have two podcasts. I wanted to ask you about that. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Explain oh, well, it. I, I actually, anyway, I have like, it's a long and complicated story, but I'll give you the really quick version. Okay. Because anyone who's listened to me on anyone else's podcast has heard me explain this on okay. every single one of okay. them. Okay. <laughs> but here it is. I used to have an old podcast called Toe Fop, T-O-F-O-P. Right. Named after Russell Crowe's band Toe Fog, 30 Odd Foot of Grunt. Right, right. If people okay. don't know that Russell Crowe, before he was like Oscar winning uh, Australian actor mm-hmm. he was uh new zealand singer mm-hmm. rustler rock with a q <laughs> this is true you can actually find footage of it on the internet awesome. back when he was living in new zealand and wanted to be in showbiz and so then when he became like russell crowe actor and being good at acting and all that sort of thing he uh, decided i can leverage this fame into like getting my band back together and getting on the road and so he came up with this band called uh 30 odd foot of grunts and it are oh, terrible. Like I mean, you'd like <laughs> right. the most terrible sort of like it would sell great 
like an old school. We'd travel with a comedian to open. Yeah, yeah, a great yeah. Aussie comedian called Russell Gilbert, who mm. you might remember. But anyway, brilliantly funny guy, but like, you know, old school entertainment. And it would be full of these swooning women who wanted to go and see the gladiator, like play his <laughs> shit country songs, right? <laughs> but my favorite thing is that he, so they used to sell t-shirts that said Tofog, right? right? Which was just a terrible name for a band. Like, sure. Terrible Awf- name. Awful in every kind of respect. Right. Yeah. And then he sacked the band and instead of like coming up with a new band, he, they were still called Tofog, but they were called The Ordinary Fear of God. So they went from 30-odd-footed grunts to The Ordinary oh, Fear right. of God, still Tofog, <laughs> so he could keep the T-shirts. So different band, different name, mm. same T-shirts. Mm. And I always thought that if The Gladiator is that interested in marketing, then yeah. that's a great name for a podcast. So we called it Tofop. Right. Had a really fantastic moment in the history of the podcast this year. We're now on uh, Google predictive search. If you put in T-O-F-O... The podcast now comes up in front of Russell Crowe's shit band. It was a great day for us. <laughs> yeah. we finally, like, you trumped Russell Crowe. He, right. probably, he probably threw something across the room when he found that out. Yeah. So uh, the other dude left. The, po- the podcast is now called Fofop, but people Fofop. can find it through Tofop.com okay, cool. still because it's still the same thing. But I have another podcast, we'll lo- a podcast called Willosophy as well because mm-hmm. now that everybody has – um, a podcast. Sure. I felt like the new cool thing is to have like a podcast and a side podcast. Oh, yeah. Side project. So yeah. You just make, a, you make all us look lazy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm doing a heaps of free shit. <laughs> you can get so much of my free content. That's great. That's but brilliant. That's and brilliant. You, you tend to put your name in your stuff, don't you? It, it's it's tended to... Will I, well, what you okay. Say? So, yeah, I do a little bit because uh, this started from when I... You know when like you're so grateful to get advice when you first start doing comedy Mm -hmm. like so if somebody gives you advice you're just like oh you're like a funnel you just these days people can listen to these sort of podcasts like people who are trying to get into comedy and go oh right that's not unusual or oh that experience happened to me as well yeah yeah but back then the like the equivalent of a podcast was like back of the room after a show or whatever listening to the more experienced comedians talk and there was this brilliant american comedian called will durst oh yeah out Uh, of san francisco right right and brilliant like came out and came out to australia and was doing a show called the durst amendment it was Mm -hmm. all about american politics Mm -hmm. it wasn't particularly going that well like at the melbourne comedy festival because i guess there wasn't that taste or they didn't know him or whatever but i was a new comedian and i was putting up posters for the melbourne comedy festival for their shows Mm -hmm. in return for free tickets to go and see the shows they were producing so they said go and see this guy will durst i thought it was like the funniest show i'd ever seen in my life it was so funny that i was that annoying guy in the audience <laughs> who's laughing too much and can't but now that i know is it like i'm like i thought i'm like he must love me because i'm loving it heaps more than anyone else but as you know as you get older you're like i know that you're loving it dude right. but if everyone else is not going to come to your level you're going to have to go back to this <laughs> But I went up afterwards and I could not have been more excited and I told him that I was the guy who was laughing and I told him that I'd started doing comedy and I said, have you got any advice for me? And he, he said it in such a like Yoda-ish, like, profound way that I really took it with me. He said, look, here's a bit of advice. Put your name in the title of the show and make it a pun and people will remember it. And I hmm. thought, well, he's doing the Durst Amendment. That makes sense to me, right? So I went away the next year. I did my first solo show at the festival, which was called I Am The Willrus. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, Willennium and Who Wants To Be A Willionaire and Will By Mouth and blah, blah, blah. And there's been 19 of them now. Right. So oh, that's awesome. The current tour is Will Luminati. And... Um, 
but uh, but I met him in Edinburgh years later. Uh-huh. We were both doing the festival, the Fringe Festival together, and I, I like I bailed him up in a bar and I said, <laughs> you know, you gave me this bit of advice, and like I've done all these shows, and he just looked at me, and it was brilliant. It was like a five year setup and punchline, right, right, and because he just looked at me and went, mate. I was just trying to get rid of you so I could go to the bar. <laughs> so, yeah, 19 years of That's me doing awesome. that. It worked so, out no way. Yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah. Will he ever leave? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird he suggested that one as the first one. When will you go away? Will you leave me alone? <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I can't do, can't do much with Murray. I could get Merry Christmas and do a Christmas special Murray, every yeah, year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. But Jimmy Shelter. Jimmy Shelter. Well, that's my Twitter name, Jimmy yeah, Shelter. Yes. I use that for a long time because it's, it's the Stones' sure. Gimme Shelter, and I yeah. always call myself Jimmy Shelter. Oh, did you see that movie? Joke name. Did you see that movie? This is totally off track, and I'll probably edit this out. But did you see the movie about uh, the backup singers? Called oh, 20, 20 feet from twenty spaces from fame, fame or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's they talk good, about the Stones calling uh, I forget her name up in the middle of the night to come and sing back up on Gimme Shelter, and she showed up in her like her rollers and her robe. Oh, who, she, who? I forget her name. I forget her name, and I'm so embarrassed right now. But she knocks it out of the park, man. I just up. did because um, I was just did a week in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and like people are like, you know, I, well, I basically because I'd never been to Cleveland before, so I'm like, well, what should I do touristy when I'm in Cleveland? And people were like, eh, stay in if it's cold. <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> like, you ask anybody in America, what can you do? Because I want to get out in every city. Right. What, what do you do around? Or they, well, you can come here, or you can go to the bar, or whatever. But there's amazing stuff all over. What do you do in Cleveland? I all went the, to the Rock and Roll Hall. That's what I came. And the Rock and Roll Hall. <laughs> like literally up until that point the most Cleveland thing I did was one day when it was snowing when I went to the gym I watched Major League like while I was on the treadmill and I was like well, I feel like I'm getting the vibe of the city um, but I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they've got the uh, Rolling Stone because they, like, they feature like a band like every time and they'll do a big mm-hmm. ex, ex, yeah different exhibits for, for the year exhibit yeah. on at, at Rolling Stones exhibit on at the moment and the dude who showed me through because it's like one of those classic road stories when you play that club like Nick the guy who who runs the club is like a hook you up at the Rock and Roll Hall of yeah, Fame, yeah, yeah. like you know, and you go down and the kid who's showing you rounds, like he does comedy, like he's doing open mic and oh, stuff cool. like that, and so you know it's fun and they kind of show you all the the cool bits and the and the fun bits. I like that. I, I like to get out and about when I'm on the road and see the towns, well, particularly yeah. in America where I haven't. Seen the yeah, I think I'd be well, more to, interested yeah. that if I was in Australia or another country. I don't, I don't know what it is when you're from somewhere else. I mean, I love the history of it over here. Like, I, I was in uh, Virginia and working the club there and in Richmond, and I was talking to a mate of my local comic, and I said, oh, I want to go to Monticello, which is mm-hmm. the house that Thomas Jefferson built. Right. And I said, we should go to Monticello because, you know, you don't have wheels, so you're basically looking for a ride. Right, right. And I said to this bloke, I said, we should go to Monticello. And he looked at me, he said, and he's from the area, he said, well, what do you do there? What do you, you look at Thomas Jefferson's mm-hmm. house? Is what you, but you know, what, there's laser tag and there's right. a roller coaster, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. Know, free Wi Fi, mate. You, right. you, you, you look at Thomas Jefferson's house, roller coaster. Yeah. Have they put a flat screen <laughs> yeah. in his living room? Can like I see like there's got to be more than right. history to take the, the, the locals there, you know. Right. But, you know when the guide turns his back, you try and steal something and put it on eBay. That's what you try and do. <laughs> but I love that that people will not do what is in their in their area they won't even think about like is the, that, histori- is that the historical part of it well maybe the historical but is that like because you know i live in los angeles now and when i lived in indiana nobody came to visit me so right. you know but i never do any touristy things around here until 
people come into the town. people come in and they're like, oh well, there's you know the Magic Castle and blah blah blah. You know? Right. But, yeah, right. and right. I think that's fair. Like, I mean, I live in Sydney. I've lived in Sydney for 13 years, and you can climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and mm-hmm. it's a thing that if you come out as a comedian to Australia, I guarantee you, you're going to be on a suit in a suit on top of that bridge. Oh, like, really? That's just one of the things that like, <laughs> if you're in Sydney, we're putting you on top of the bridge because it's the thing. Yeah, yeah. But I've been there for 13 years, and I've never climbed the bridge. Like, so I guess that's like you don't necessarily do the touristy things in your own town. Right? No. Yeah. Not in your own place, but it's different between historical and touristy, though, too. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I know I was kind of bending that a little bit. Yeah, but. yeah. But, I mean, there, there really is this almost fear of, like, oh, I might do something slightly educational <laughs> in the rest of the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love when I, when I played in Hartford, Connecticut, you know, you play in a mall. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's around here? Mark Twain lived in, in Connecticut. And, right. and Mark Twain is basically the big... Uh, for me, he's the guy who started stand-up comedy. Right. Sure, because sure, Because he went broke and he had to do the one thing that he hated the most in life. Go on the road mm-hmm. to make some money. If that's not the beginning of stand-up comedy, <laughs> I don't know what is. Right. You've got to go get out on the road and talk to people uh, just to make some cash because you've you got no money. But you go to his house and it's this amazing house where he lived and... Um, and then and then you're playing like a, a mall playing in the Connecticut, you know? and mall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I felt like the uh, the, the California Australian in a Connecticut food court. <laughs> oh. It's like a Twain novel in yeah, it, yeah, its, yeah. of its own. But there's all this stuff. But the the thing is getting there because right. when you're on there, you have no wheels, so you yeah, really yeah. are dependent on who can you know. You got to make friends with the locals or well, I had the club. get the MC. What I often they find. don't do that anymore. They right. don't really? the MCs. They go. They don't. They don't even watch you because they <laughs> they're trying to network with somebody. You know, more important than you are. <laughs> they're out the back making vines. Yeah, <laughs> when you're on stage. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're setting up their merchandise yeah. store while you're on stage. Actually, I've found that Australians take me out a bit. So I was in uh, Denver over New Year. Yeah, and uh, so Boulder's like thirty minutes or like forty minutes. Like sort of. Yeah, it's a it's a bit out of Denver, but yeah. I would like I wanted to go and see Boulder. Yeah, and some Australians who lived in Boulder like took me out and like took me around town and like we went to their house and had afternoon tea and like ate right, scones. He right. made scones fresh, like beautiful. Really, know, it was like yeah, it was it was fun actually. It was like because in Australia there used to be this tradition. And I'm not sure whether it's an American thing or mm-hmm. whether it was even just a country Australian thing. Maybe it didn't because I grew up like on a farm. Yeah, but basically at ten o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, it was pretty much free pass that if you knocked on like a neighbor's door, someone Mm -hmm. you knew, you could do a drop around. Like you couldn't do a drop around at like say eight thirty in the morning and expect a cup of tea yeah. to scone. But like between say like ten, ten to eleven and say three to like four, that mm-hmm. was like morning tea and afternoon tea. And you would drop around and you would have like a biscuit and like a cup of tea and you would talk about like events of of the world. Okay. I'm just gonna pretend I knew what a drop around was before you ended that sentence. Right. Yeah, well, I was trying to explain it all. I know, but then you explained it through. And when I said biscuit, I meant cookie. Cookie. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to translate some yeah. of this here. But you, That's you right. Could just show up, right? Yeah, yeah you could just there show up. There is that real kind of friendly sort of vibe down Do you still there, especially have, is out, it still, out in the farm. Is it still that way? I don't think so. I think that's gone away a little bit. But I, I that was my favorite. I, my mum and dad would have only ever talked to each other at those two times a day. Most oh, really? Days. Yeah. It was like <laughs> it was like you're designated. Like I mean, these days we'd all be like, "Yeah, come around at ten. We'll do a podcast." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the drop around podcast. <laughs> Where are the scones, mate? Where are the scones? My, my mum made scones. I was just back. Uh, they live in Texas right now. Yeah. But I just had scones. Mum made scones one night. You know, just. <sighs> 
homemade so, scones. Yeah. In in America, you you would go to Starbucks and get you'd get a scone, yeah, right. which is this rock hard piece say, of rubbish yeah. that's been sitting there. It's like maybe something glazed would, with something. Scones are actually yeah. like these really lovely fresh baked Warm, things. Delicious. Your yeah. nana would make them fresh out of the oven. A bit of strawberry butter. jam oh, and some and God. some and some fresh made whipped cream. Yeah. You know, whip, whipping heavy whipping cream. Yeah, really good. Not the scone you would get at. No, those uh, Starbucks, Starbucks scones look like they should come with a Sherpa. Yeah. <laughs> like it is mountain climbing food, isn't or it? A, or, a, or a hockey stick. Yeah, you could use them to keep a door open yeah. in the house, a door yeah. stopper. And every like, now and then, oh, well, somebody's dropped by. I better grab something for the, like t- the table. It's that soldiers are taking into war because it has multi-purposes. <laughs> like you can throw it at somebody as a weapon. Yeah, you yeah. can use it to sleep under at night. If there's an emergency, you can eat it. Like if it comes to that, you can eat it. Rub a couple together and try and start a fire. He was lost so long he was forced to eat a scone. <laughs> Tom Hanks is on an island. He's drawn a face on the scone. It's his friend now. I had tea and scones at Windsor Castle. I know that's not uh, Australia, but that was the last time I had a scone, an actual scone. Yeah. That's yeah. where it comes from. Though. That's yeah, yeah. Your, that's that's the the British tradition in Australia is that tea and yeah, know, yeah. scone sort of. Mm. Yeah, you can see it. There's still some places that have that old school British, you know, finger sandwiches and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Man. Scones. I like to drop around podcasts, man. If if some MC hasn't just heard that and started it right Right, now, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Cast the first scone. That's the thing. You got to combine your baked goods and your puns right. yeah, and yeah, get yeah. them out there. <laughs> or maybe I'll just like Doug Benson it, and I'll do four twenty shows, but for sconers, not yeah. for stoners. Do like, it at ten a.m. and three p.m. <laughs> In fact, I'll do five five twenty shows immediately after yeah. his show. No, you people do. will be right in the mood for a scone. <laughs> like, you know, I can murder right now a delicious warm scone straight out of the oven. One at ten and one at three. Yeah. <laughs> Choose right. which one you want. Yeah, for the drop round. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that could really catch on. That could really, nice, yeah, yeah. Nice, you know, a nice, a nice server. But there is that thing, though. It, it, you mean, there is that real culture because Australia's got a bit of every kind of all kinds of culture. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the, predominantly the British one uh-huh. that was there forever. So we do have the tea and we have the scones and the and the meat pies and sausage rolls and stuff like that. But there's so much other influence as well mm-hmm. that's come in. But it, there really is, like my grandma. You know, you go to the house and there's, you know, there's always a cup of tea, biscuits. Princess Diana on the cupboard, uh, Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. And my and my and my dad's grandmother when when they they had lived up um, in Toowoomba, and every time you'd go visit, there was a biscuit sound. You know, there's always a store of biscuits, of cookies, right, right. or some kind of you know, and that's on a it's on a plate. You get the cup of the teas boiled, you know, and, and made, and and there's always a, a a tray of biscuits or something. You know, it just it always comes with it. How do you not feel guilty talking about that turning on your Australian heritage the way you did? I was kidnapped from Australia, <laughs> brought, to the, brought to the Americas. That's the thing, because I, I, I was saying before, uh, I, I'm always Australian until a real Australian shows up, like Will, and then I'm not even Australian anymore, because I've lived here for a long, long You've time. You've lived here a long time, right? I'm yeah. still, I just feel like I'm different enough that I don't really fit in in either one. It's like, it's like because uh, you go to Australia, and they're like, oh, you're not Australian anymore, mate. You know, right. and you come here, and it's like, where are you from? <laughs> And they, you know, nobody knows. Yeah. And they, I just sort of, I just sort of don't exist in, in either culture. But it's, it's one of those interesting things, even coming to this country, like, because there hasn't been a bunch of Australian comedians really come over here. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, so mostly when I would first come over, people would be like, oh, you must know Jim. And I'm like, Jim's <laughs> been here for like decades. I'm yeah. like, 
Yes, I do know, Jim. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but not because... Don't be racist. Not because of any... Yeah. <laughs> well, they do believe that we all know each other right, in right, some right. kind of way. You know, oh, so-and-so from Australia or whatever. But, and that's the thing. I started comedy in Texas. So I've never really been an Australian comedian. I'm just an Australian... Who's a comedian. Who's done comedy. Yeah. But I'm a Texas comedian, really, when right. it comes down to it. Because that's particularly, like... I don't know how the internet's going to change this because mm. you feel like, you know, the communities are everywhere now. Like a kid in Melbourne can be as influenced by Kumail Nanjiani, like doing gigs in LA and listening right. yeah. to his podcast or whatever as they can be by the local scene. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I used to love one of the beautiful things about like comedy was scenes. Like, you know, yeah. you'd see guys come out of San Francisco together or a bunch of guys come out of Boston or Chicago together and they, you would see that they kind of all either intentionally or not intentionally picked up bits and pieces of yeah, yeah. each other's styles from there was a real so influence yeah, there was a real tell. influence san francisco had a huge cuz i lived there for you know that i moved from texas to san francisco and you know it's such a great creative place and you could, there was you there was free reign when i moved there to go and just and just really take advantage of it texas was great because people think oh texas it's this it's that or whatever it, there was an amazing comedy scene there because yeah. I lived in Dallas okay. and, you know, a lot of great people have come out of there. But Houston and yeah, Austin Yeah, I know the Houston had, people. The Houston scene was one of those ones. I mean, it was on par with, with anywhere. Yeah. With, with Kinnison and Hicks and, and Ron Shock and, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys you'd never even heard of. But there was a real – these guys were – talk about kick it in the balls. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and I remember seeing Bill Hicks when I was in high school on, on the Letterman show mm-hmm. and just being blown away by the guy. And then, you know, I got to see him a little bit uh, when he worked around and I got to work with him, which is amazing because, you know, so many people never even got to see him live. Yeah, yeah. And I got to see him a bunch of times and work with him and hang out with him. And just, but just revolutionary guys, especially in Houston. Houston was really, really just, uh, you know, just take no prisoners right. kind of comedy style. But yeah, there, there was there was all that, the Boston scene and the yeah. San Francisco what year, scene. When did you get to San Francisco? What year? I moved there in 95. Okay. So who was still there? I guess Blaine the, and Patton? Blaine, Blaine and Patton had just left. Okay. Um, Arj Barker was about. Okay, sure. Who was a, a great Aust- Australian comedian. Big Australian comedian. Great right? Australian comedian. <laughs> <laughs> like- Arj, I, I saw Arj the ver- very first time and I was blown away. I'm like, this bloke is amazing. He's so, so different and mm-hmm. so uh, unbelievable. And at this point, he'd played a lot in the UK and, uh, you know, in the early 90s. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he'd done a lot, but he, he was still, you know, not not what he is now in, in, in Australia because he really went down there and made it happen. But- oh, man. Like, he's one of those classic examples of, like if you are funny and if you just keep coming back. Right. Like, I mean, he probably did it, you know, like he did that festival down in Melbourne, I'm going to say like five or six times yeah. before he was even like, you know, a big, and then just kept coming and mm-hmm. kept doing good good work. But he also, it's like, it's funny because when I play clubs here, a lot of the time people are always like, is it true that Arj Barker is a really big star in Australia? Because <laughs> everyone seems to know, right? Right, right, right. And a big, big star. Like, I mean, he, his sensibility, like that kind of, he's got that classic, he's, I always like to say to people, he's the sort of American Australians like. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a certain sort of American that no right. matter how funny and brilliant they are, like Australians are a bit like, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah, yeah. hear you tell me about, like, it's funny. Like, oh, he's a good bloke, that Archbark. Right. <laughs> he's not bad for a yank. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. There's a few people. I went and saw uh, Bill Burr, who I think is one of like, you know, the handful of best comedians oh, on the sure. planet. Like, yes. we, but I remember seeing him in Sydney 
And he has it like a very core great audience there, of mm. course, because Bill's an amazing comic. But a lot more people will go and see Arge than will go and see Bill because there'd be certain Australians that with Bill's style of telling you uh-huh. this is stupid and this is stupid right. to be like, what's with this fucking American? If it's not enough that we have to go to every fucking stupid war you guys get involved in. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're going to be told what pricks we are. <laughs> but it's, 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 Arge is, Arge, well, Arge is just really inventive. And what I love yeah, about right. saying Arge, every time you see him, there's some brand new stuff. But yeah. Arge was, Arge was around when I moved there. Berent was around, but just getting ready to leave. Sure. Um, uh, gosh, you know, there's so many, there's so many amazing comments I've had a, that have come a out lot of San Francisco. San Francisco guys on lately, ranging from like old school, uh, like, I don't even want to say, can I call them old school? Here's the deal. I've had six uh, relatives in my house for the last three weeks, so I'm a little fried right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're just going to say, you're just going to start saying uh, the names of family members. I know. I've had, uh, I had uh, my dad was yeah. in, on the show. No, no, hang on. Uh, yeah. Will Mom, Durst is still in San Mom, Francisco. put the microphone up to your, uh, f- oh, I'm sorry, Will, put the microphone up to your. <laughs> That's so funny. You mentioned that you you have such a, in a, to us, you have a strong Australian accent, uh, Jim. Until yeah. until I'm in the presence of Will, who's real deal Aussie. But I mean, I, I'm just, you know. Right. I, well, no, I've I, lived I, I there such a long, long time. But the funny thing is also that people that don't, like, people here don't have a great, in the same way as I can't tell, like, you could instinctively tell if someone's from, like, New Jersey right. as opposed to being from here. A lot of the time that stuff just all sounds exactly the same yeah, to me. True. Like I can if unless a Canadian gives me an A or a, like something, <laughs> you know, a signifier, like yeah. I, it would take me a while to work out if someone was Canadian right. or like or middle American like accent, you know. Sure. Um but I get British, I get New Zealand, I get South African people. I have a bit in one of my like in one of my stand-up pieces where I do a British character in the joke, and I'm not particularly great at accents, right. but it's always been a passable enough British accent to make the joke work in Australia. Sure. I had one guy come up to me, like one stand-up come up to me afterwards and go, "Mate, those two voices sound exactly the same to us." <laughs> <laughs> I'm up there doing what I think is this wonderful British accent. They're like, "Well, he, I guess he's moving his arms differently." <laughs> <laughs> Will Anderson, master of voices, right. <laughs> but it's but it it works because you you make it work on stage or whatever because it, you're not expected to be that brilliant at, at all right. that stuff. It's character. This, it's assuming character. Right. Yeah. This is the it's one always place, some though. snotty comic who's always going to go ah you shit. That's shit Brit accent, mate. <laughs> the one thing I like about this place is it's the only place having an Australian accent has ever been a bonus. That's what I was going to ask because yes. I've had another Australian comic named Monty Franklin. Yeah, Monty Franklin. Monty, yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, of course, you guys, all you guys know each other. Yeah. <laughs> what well, well, we do now yeah. because we're, you know, around, because it's like, oh, shit, another Aussie. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like you can, you can get away with stuff more, let's say, in the States with your accent? Uh, it's certainly the first place from my point of view where it's ever been a bonus. Uh-huh. So in Australia, it's the accent that everybody has. Mm-hmm. In New Zealand, it's a slight minus because New Zealand have the relationship with Australia, much like Canada has with America, sure. that you know, stupid older brother sort of thing. Right, right. So like you have to work a little bit harder at the start. Uh, in England, it can be it can because they hate. Australians in England. Oh, really? Yeah, hate oh. them. Because uh, several hundred years ago, uh, they took their prisoners yeah. and sent them to the most beautiful place on earth. And, <laughs> and then they, had to, they, had to and stay. Then they stayed in the shit place <laughs> where it rains all the time ah, and a, everybody's miserable. And they went, hang on, didn't we... 
Should, should not we have got on the boats yeah. and gone to the beautiful place? Let's, let's leave all the troublemakers here and we'll piss off to over there. Okay. Oh, that's should, awesome. we, should, should have we sent our prisoners to the place where it's always sunny and everyone lives near the beach and it has a multitude of natural resources they can just keep digging out of the ground to get themselves out of trouble? We'll stay here. We'll stay here in the middle of Europe. That, nothing will go wrong with that. And uh, That's great. I've never heard an Australian explain that. That's awesome. So we have a um, uh, our major sporting event is cr- a cricket uh-huh. match, a cricket like tournament, I guess a series, as sure. we would call it, against the English called the Ashes. They mm-hmm. burnt some stumps originally that we play for this thing. It's the biggest, proudest Australian English support, sporting thing. I was touring England. It goes for about three months, the mm-hmm. games. I was touring Just England. one game. I was going to say. Just one game. <laughs> I was touring England during the, uh, when the Ashes were on. Mm-hmm. It's the only place I've ever been booed. Before I got on stage. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, the MC managed to get out. I was in Manchester uh, and uh, the MC got out uh, our next acts from Australia and 300 people started booing, like solidly booing. The, <laughs> the booing they gave Bob Dylan in 66 yeah. was nothing compared to this. Genius. That's what it was like. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a nightclub, this uh-huh. venue. So it's like one of those great comedy clubs that like the rest of the time of the week it's a nightclub and on Saturday night they wash out the vomit with a hose. Not the smell of vomit, just the actual vomit. You can still smell the vomit. And the, the whole place just smells of like desperation right. and regret and like bad decisions and it's all like hens and bucks nights like the uh-huh. entire room there's like 300 people but there is not a man and woman sitting together at a table with each other a like, hens and bucks night so it's like a singles uh, stags night stags and uh, night. Ba- bachelor, parties bachelor parties and bachelorette oh. party oh, yeah. oh okay there you go good yeah. so it's full of a bunch of sheelers Huh? No, yeah, and one of them's blokes. getting married, so right. you know what it's like when you perform oh, for okay, those sure. kind of bachelor right. bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Nobody's there to hear somebody else. Nobody's there to cede attention to the yeah, person yeah. on stage. And I don't anyway. know if it's the same here, but uh, in the UK, in England in particular, like the bachelor party or the bachelorette party, the the hen or the stags night, yeah. they are like Halloween. Like people oh, yeah. are getting fully dressed up. Like everyone's dressed up in different things. They've all got like you know inflatable cocks on their right, heads yeah, yeah. and like glowing vibrators <laughs> yeah, yeah. and shit like that. Like <laughs> I mean, perfect for comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. No, that's they're they're like that here also. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah okay, cool. So yeah, so they booed before I got on stage. So in in America, I find the Australian accent. It's the one place where people. I think it lets you get away with a little bit more. Like I think you you can, you, you, you really can sort of. Because you you're perceived as not being from here, even if right. you are living here, right. you can sort of have some jibes. Although I've had some people yell at me, "Go home and oh, yeah. go back to your country," or you know, really? like, and that's when you have to remind them. Like I had, I had people in um, in um, Toledo. And it was around about Christmas time. Christmas uh-huh. is always sort of tough because right. it's old ladies and elf hats and shit. <laughs> right, and Christmas but, parties and like yeah, and people who are not really there for the comedy necessarily. Yeah. And they always yell at you, go home or go back to your country or whatever. And, you know, you know, and that's the thing. But you have to remind them too. It's like, I'm Australian. Oh, yeah, I said I was a foreigner. And so they already they boo, oh well you, you yeah, know, yeah because foreign is a bad thing. Yeah, you hear the word foreigner like in America. And... Uh, mm. and um, uh, I think they said go, you know, they booed me for that. And what they forget is when the rest of the world tells them to go fuck themselves, it's the Australians who always back them up. You know? Right, right, so, right. Yeah, give, I think give that's us a break. Yeah, no, it's good. To we ta- always. Well, you have to remind right. them though. That's, you know? I, I think it's good to tell the audience that too. I'm, like, I'm so like, what? It was like, probably why I didn't get booked back. Right, <laughs> but but that's the thing I say to them all the time. Any criticisms I have of this place, like. I, 
I, I, I'm, I've come here to make my living. Yeah, yeah. I want this place to be doing really well. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. feel like I've just jumped on board the Costa Concordia. <laughs> right, you know? I want to feel like America number one. I'm, right. I'm in favor of that, right? I want this place to be rad. Secondly, whatever, like Australia has definitely decided that America is our, like we've put all our cards in your corner. We yeah. can't defend ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And we've decided that America is who's defending us and we're going to be there for you guys in the hope that when <laughs> shit goes down for us. <laughs> hey, remember us? Yeah, if one day China realizes, hang on, instead of buying all these resources from Australia, <laughs> couldn't we just take the kids who played the drums at the opening ceremony of the Olympics and invade the country and take it for free? Probably. Probably could. <laughs> Do you find any uh, any uh, flack for being a quote unquote American when you and Margaret were touring this past year? Uh, Jim was on the mother tour, right? Yeah, yeah Margaret chose mother a tour. A lot of the the dates from the mother tour. What do you mean, like in in other countries? Yeah, yeah. Get any? Yeah, I mean, even though no, you're no, American, no, but no. even though you're from Australia, because it was just um, you know, well, we did most mostly U.S. Uh, dates, and then we well, we played in Australia, and we played. We just did the European tour, which was mm-hmm. really actually it was really great. Oh, awesome. Well, because they're ex- basically they're there to see her, yeah, right? and I just get to go up a front and 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 you know sort of warm them up. But the shows. Every show was really great. We did Berlin. We did uh, Cologne. Uh, and those were really... Because you just wonder, like, do they speak? Right. And they, they do. They, yeah. they all speak English. Cause and I, and I, I didn't bother learning any German because I didn't want to patronize them. Right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to even pretend. To, yeah, yeah. You know. But they were great. And because you, you want... It's not so much that you worry about are they going to speak English. It's do, do they get the little... Ref- right. You're going mm-hmm. through your act like, oh, that's way too specific. That's But then you just go up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. But the only show that didn't go well, and I was surprised, was Amsterdam. Because I've heard forever Amsterdam is the most right. brilliant place in the world. But I don't smoke the weeds. Sure. So... I think if you don't smoke, you 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 have this clarity, and you right. realize the Dutch are actually dicks. Right. That's well, that's why they've, that's, <laughs> that's why, why they legalized it. Yes. So no one yeah. notices. Yes, yeah, so nobody notices. They, they I don't a, know if they're all dicks. They but had the a, right. ones that right. night were dicks. It they, was. It was. They had a meeting one night. They were like, "Hey guys, we've got two options. <laughs> yeah. We can either agree to stop being dicks, or we can legalize weed." What do you feel? Everyone's like, like weed. "Weed. Let's go with weed. weed. It's easier." <laughs> I don't know what it was, but they. Were, I think it was just. I think they were just really wanted to see her. Yeah. And and every show basically was great except for that one where you know usually it's like you're the opening act and most people don't want to see you, right. but you can kind of win them over. But in Amsterdam, well, I, I don't know the Dutch. I, I think probably also I told them that I thought it was weird that I was the only person they wouldn't collaborate with. <laughs> can I ask this? Uh, a, a World War Two joke. Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. Does, what does Margaret? Uh, what does Margaret introduce you? Like, do you? Oh, no, like I just I, work, I walk up cold. I walk up cold. Oh, Which right? was really, I mean, I could have uh, from the beginning said, "Can somebody intro me?" But I just kind of like walking out there because it, it brings that focus on, like, "Oh, is this like the, even uh, when you're doing the roadie? Who is this?" Even bro? when you're opening, like, even when you're opening, really? yeah. I would think the people going to see Margaret would have a seen margaret before or be mm-hmm. at least another comedian so right. they would expect an opening act yeah you know, you know? That, but that's maybe uh, maybe here they would but not necessarily everywhere like you know in australia like people i mean don't always tour with an opening act uh-huh. because quite a lot of the time if you're touring festivals yeah. and stuff like that like you're, you're doing your hour anyway without an opener mm-hmm. and then so when you go on the road you might like you know let your show loosen out to sort of like 80 or whatever and you just do it yourself. Oh, okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so I don't think that they are always like, you know, in everywhere that you're going used to an opener. And, and look, I think it's the opener's 
right to like, yeah, I mean, if you like to walk out, then great, like walk out. <laughs> it was sort but of I, fun. But oh, yeah? I, I know when I first started doing comedy, like one of the, my favorite things, because I first, like you know, like everyone, I started opening for people. And the, my favorite thing was I went out on the road with two people, an Australian guy called Greg, Greg Fleet, a legendary Australian mm-hmm. comedian. Um, and he would just do it like, you know, just in a voiceover intro, but just say like, you know, this is a friend of mine and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And I always thought that helped. And a woman called Judith Lucy, again, a legendary Australian mm-hmm. comedian. And then I went out on the road with this other guy called Richard Stubbs, who was like the biggest Australian like radio comedian at uh-huh. the time, but also like a good stand-up. Sure. Like, but, you know, but had a, like a real broad, you know, working class, you know, audience. And I remember it was the first time that I opened for anyone where the person didn't introduce me and I walked out cold with no intro. And like I was only meant to be doing seven, I think. Like it wasn't even like, you know, (laughs) it wasn't a huge spot. And I did not get a word out because for seven minutes the audience just chanted, Stubbsy, 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 Stubbsy. I'm just like, and I would try, but they were like, Stubbsy, Stubbsy. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, and they were like, Stubbsy. And I was like, well, well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, what could I do? But I like, so I always, when people tour with me, I always give them an intro at the start. So that's all, the only reason I asked. Yeah, it was like for that. that reason. Well, I think in that in that case, probably they they, they only want to see him, and and they, of course they only want to see Margaret. Sure. But they'll accept somebody because yep. they're no, they're a bit more uh, right. well behaved. Yeah, they're Margaret than, Cho than, fans. than that audience. Yeah, yeah but it was I Cho, there was Cho, something. Cho, 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 Cho. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it sounds like there's a very old train out there. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of cool to just walk up there, you know, just walk on stage because to me it's also a challenge. But, you know, at this point, I've got 25 years of doing right. stand-up. So you can kind of go up there and... and, and there, uh, there we, should also, we should also point theaters. out... Yeah, we should also point out that they're theaters big also, theaters. Right. They as opposed to they clubs. They weren't clubs right. either, but... Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, well, that's the thing. But when even you start in a theater, out, people are still like, you know, if you're opening, mm-hmm. like, I bet those houses are going up. Not everyone's settled, because A, it's a theater show, and some people know there's going to be support. So there's still people at the bar. There's people at the still bar. At the bar. Okay. There's people parking. So you're trying to, like, you know, get people's attention and focus at the start of the show while people are still you know they're particularly in a theater like if there's four seats in the middle like yeah four rows in they have to walk past everybody in yeah, the audience yeah, and yeah. Get in. like are you talking to them are you dealing with that or are you just ignoring that and just i just doing go your, up and open the show yeah. i just go up and say welcome to the show margaret will be up here you know and just mm. and then you know you've got to do a little bit of business uh, in the beginning mm. and then i would just start my bits but it, it worked out really great everywhere was really great even amsterdam wasn't that bad I don't know what it was. I think it might have been the venue. It was just a weird... That was the only small club type venue we right. did. But the thing is, I'd heard for years how brilliant Amsterdam is. And I had a show that was just not that great. You right. know, oh, like Amsterdam. Right. But everywhere was great. Yeah, you know? that sounds awesome. Um, Munich was fantastic. We did uh, Copenhagen and Oslo. We did the oldest theatre in Stockholm, Sweden, which mm-hmm. is good because I was telling the oldest jokes. <laughs> 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 but although I got food poisoning in Stockholm. Oh. oh, it was horrible. Oh. Horrible. Like I, I ate before the show and then oh. I started to feel bad and, and I felt bad that night and threw up all night and then threw up. We got, you know, the ride to the airport was really rough because we were in a van yeah, and it's yeah. sort of dry and you, it's that motion and you're just trying to like, let me not throw up in front of everybody on this <laughs> tour. And I got to the to the airport and we got through security and, and every one of those airports, because it's international, there's a mile of duty free that you've got to walk through right. to, 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 before you can even get to the gents to throw up and I and I just knew that I wasn't going to do it so I, I was by a checkout and I grabbed a 
a plastic bag and just threw up about four times into that oh. in duty free, which was a great image <laughs> of just some bloke just puking into a bag. And I, I did have something to declare I was, at that point. I was doing a show in uh, Darwin, which is like Darwin's as close to the Wild West as Australia has. So right? would that be the north? It's up north. It's mm-hmm. always hot. I did, have, my, I did my research. Yeah, they have a period of uh, <laughs> they have a period of time called the build up where like it gets so hot and so oppressive before the storm season that like murders like go through the roof. Really? It's just like yeah, it's just like it's almost like the purge. Like just during that time, like all bets are off. Like guys drinking beer at the pub at like eight in the morning just to like cool down, and you can drink. An incredible amount of alcohol there because it's so hot. It just like you know, it feels Sweat like it, it right just out. comes out straight yeah, yeah. away. So it was the last night of my tour. So I'd been on the road for like 120 dates or something. And uh, so this night uh, we've gone to like a nightclub in town. Now it can get a bit rough. So we went to Darwin's Gay Nightclub, which is where the one gay person in Darwin gets to hang out <laughs> with everybody else who doesn't want to get punched, right? So, <laughs> like it's a fun place. Yeah. But again, like we were in the Darwin newspaper the next day, me and my supporter, Tom Ballard, were in the Darwin newspaper the next day hugging a giant inflatable penis that some girls on a like hen's night had with them right, and right. that made the paper. It's that sort of place. Big night. I've got out to the airport the next day. And like I'm not normally a get sick sort of guy, and I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm really, really ill. I don't know what it is. Probably all the alcohol, but yeah. I don't know what it is. But I am ill, so I've gone into the lounge. I'm like, like patting myself down with the water, doing all that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. Just like, got to pull myself together. I'm getting on a plane. It's the one plane out of here today. I can't. I get on the plane. They've upgraded me. I'm like, this is brilliant. Okay, great. I'm right up the front. I'm near the bathroom. <laughs> this is like good. I sit down. I'm sitting next to, now this name might mean something to you, uh, uh, won't mean anything to you, I imagine. All right. Uh, his name is John Howard. Mm-hmm. Now, John Howard was Prime Minister of Australia for 13 years, like one of our longest running Prime Ministers, like a conservative guy and a guy who, when my first television show was cancelled, some people believe that he had had my television show cancelled. Oh, I read about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think that he did have, by the way. I okay. don't have any evidence to suggest that. But it was such a big rumour that uh-huh. he put out a press release to say that he hadn't had my television show cancelled, okay. <laughs> which is one of the most surreal moments of your life <laughs> when you lose your job and the Prime Minister feels the need to put out a press release. <laughs> like <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. When I lost my job at 16 delivering pamphlets because I shoved them all down a drain, the Prime Minister was suspiciously <laughs> quiet on that topic. But, uh, so I'm sitting next to the pri- former Prime Minister of my country like on this plane and I look like I've got like 15 kilograms of heroin up my ass, right. yeah. like at a you know, Bangkok airport. Like I'm sweating and I'm trying to pull it together and the the woman on the plane she says to me like the flight attendant she says we've got this like are, are you sick they've got some sort of thing that rehydrates you mm-hmm. so you take the like you put it in the water and it's like uh, you drink it and then it like rehydrates you it's some sort of which is great if you can like swallow it long enough for that and keep to it down, keep it down. Yeah. Yeah. which with yeah. food poisoning you everything comes out right yeah. if you can't it turns you into an Alka-Seltzer machine <laughs> like, I was literally like it was like fake vomiting from a movie you know where you open your mouth and it's ah ah looked like that scene out of Python that's it, what it was like <laughs> meeting a life <laughs> so I'm like hobbling the two meters to the toilet getting in there ah like a scene from The Exorcist like crawling back out and uh, sitting down next to the prime minister <laughs> about six times on the floor oh, that's was really fun. that's yeah, the that's worst brilliant. because after like the fourth time there's nothing in there and you just like Aah! oh yeah you, you just make noise man you just go yeah. worst 
I have to point out that when I said I read about John Howard uh, canceling your show, I read about when I was doing my research. I didn't read about it like in the paper or anything like that. I don't want to pat myself on the back. Going, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Did you Your find Australian the... history, I remember that. Mm. I just you... forgot to look up who John Howard was. <laughs> Did you find the picture of him with the big willy? Yeah. <laughs> from the same knife. Yeah, from the same knife. What was the name of that show? Yeah. Uh, uh, Pris Willa. Uh, no, it was Queen uh, of big, the Desert. Big, big... That's your new show, Pris Willa. Oh, Pris Willa. Big Willie style. That was my <laughs> big Willie style. <laughs> Will the Beast. Has that, has that happened yet? No, but that's there good. Go. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, thank go. you. I appreciate that. There's, there's, a, there's a couple of like ones that would really be like I've thought um, my manager won't let me do Wilf. That was W I L F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was apparently a no. Is that too rude? Yeah, too risky. Too rude. Too yeah, risky. Yeah. A will I'd like to, um, yeah. you know, whatever, like that. Um, and. Uh, the one that I would like to do last is, do you remember Robert Palmer? Yeah. Right. I want to do like a Robert Palmer style, like me in a suit, girls in bikinis behind me, simply irresistible in big <laughs> lights. That's going to be like the final. Or maybe just me jumping a shark. You know? <laughs> um, not to uh, bring this down into the toilet, but uh, since you were speaking of toilets, Jake Johansson, one of your San Francisco guys. Yeah. Uh, Great guy, Jack. Asked a... Uh, Ask the question. You ever uh, you ever had to exit the stage early because you had to uh, poop? <laughs> no, it's a good question. Like, because I was thinking about that before when you were talking about um, you know having food poisoning. Yeah, like because I mean, people have probably like heard about this before, but like, there's like a showbiz doctor. Like you know, as in like, there's something about going on stage. You can be feeling horrible, mm-hmm. and like you can get out there on. Stage and like Dr. Showbiz kicks in and like, <laughs> you know, like sometimes if I've had six beers, yeah. like in normal life, like I have to go to the toilet like every 15 minutes, like a 75 year old man. Sure. Like, you know, as soon as I'm like, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. In fact, I decided on what size of coffee I had before I came here today because okay. I was like, oh, I want to make sure that I don't have to go to the bathroom halfway right, right. through the podcast. Right. But I can go out on stage and do like 90 minutes or whatever and not even think, think about yeah, yeah. like there's something yeah. about being out there that I think I've, so I've never had to like in 19 years, I've never touch wood had to ever exit the stage for, I have to piss about a hundred times before I go. Right. On there. And I think that's just nerves. It's yeah, just yeah. anxiety, but you get out there because you, well, you, that's it. You just don't want to be out there like, Oh God, I'm busting for a piss. Right. right, now. right. But I've never had to leave the stage. I've done a show a, a few years ago in San Francisco. I hosted a show for Dave Chappelle and, mm-hmm. And Dave had been up maybe about three hours and he left. <laughs> this is, you know, these are these marathon shows yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Would do, that are four or five hours. And he needed a piss. So I had to come back up and then just do a little bit. So it was sort of like the interval. Oh, he, really? But he was honest too. He says, I need a piss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he left, brought me back up and went, you know, and he could do that. But yeah, I've never had to have, leave uh, the state. Not for that. Has Jake? Uh, I, think, I think he was telling somebody else's story, but I think it was really Jake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's like another comedian I was yeah, working yeah. with. Yeah, this guy I was working with. I don't remember his name. I have uh, superstitions before I go on stage, and one of them I kind of just adopted recently is I will not pee within like eight minutes of before I go on stage. Why? Why? I don't. It's just a. I don't want to. I have this fear of like dribbling on my pants or something. What and, color and, pants do you? Oh, wear you on wear stage? light pants though. Uh, right? Sometimes I will wear light pants. Right. Yeah. Well, that's I always wear dark, dark trousers. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta, <laughs> gotta wear some pants that you you can piss yourself in. <laughs> that's that's my thing is like these pants are black yeah, I if, I, if I need to let a little out like at the 45 minute mark no one's gonna notice <laughs> 
but it bit me in the ass the other because I was like I had to pee really bad right. a couple nights ago, and then I had to go. I think I was only doing fifteen, and I could get through it. But do you guys have any superstitions before you go on stage? I I don't have any superstitions, or it's another word I could because throw. like I don't believe that any of these things actually. You know, like it's like I've only ever had good. I wear the same clothes every night for the tour. Same. Clothes. So do I. Yeah. People have made fun of me that every every time they're like I show up the next night at the improv like you wore that last night. I'm like I'm wearing it through the rest of the week. Yeah. These are my show clothes. Yeah. 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 You know oh, how sweet. at other jobs when people go, they're in their uniform? Yeah, Me yeah. too. Awesome. And I won't put my show clothes on until as late as I possibly can before the show. Because what I want to feel like is I'm going to the show now. Yeah. Like I'm not just going to go out on stage with my... Like my show clothes look like my ordinary clothes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like I'm suddenly getting in a fancy suit and like you know, right, Liberace yeah, yeah. style. No, it's just it's just it's a the nice sequins and the big furs. It's a nicer version of my normal clothes. Sure, yeah, but my it's tail. my show clothes. Yeah, like you know, B- Batman doesn't go out and fight crime in fucking casual Friday clothes, right? Good. He doesn't put on his Crocs and just go, ah, oh, fuck it, no one's seen me. I'll just put the hat on. I'll just put the hat on. And I'll leave my tracksuit pants on and my Crocs. As long as like, I've got the mask, yeah. they know who I am. I've had a crack, you know. <laughs> You know what? I'll just put the bat belt yeah, yeah. over my normal clothes. That'll yeah. be handy. You know what? If they ask, they'll just say, "I'm Batman." Yeah. Just, if they need that. No, I like the idea of like getting dressed, and I wear the same pair of socks. Like I have this like, it's uh, I dress in all black, but I have these like blue, uh, like weird blue American mm-hmm. apparel socks, and I wear them every night. But it's not as if like I've had shit gigs in them as well as good gigs. It's sure. not like I'm doing that thing of going, um, "Oh, I've only ever had good gigs in these." Yeah. But that's definitely, I like to wear um, same clothes every night. I like to get changed as late as possible. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing a double show, I like to have a shower and get changed again in between shows. Oh, in between? Yeah. Wow. I like to start fresh. Yeah, yeah. Because also, I do you think... Go, do you go back to your, your place and shower? Yeah. You, the hotel or what? I mean, if, if you're in a theatre, like, and they've got a shower, I'll just yeah, shower okay. there. But if, you know, like, normally if you're on the road, like, I mean, you know, you're at the condo around the corner on like from the club or whatever, mm-hmm. I just, like pop back in between shows and like have a shower huh. this this all starts to seem a bit obsessive compulsive yeah yeah maybe yeah. excessive right well secondly i come from a country where you're allowed to have two minute showers because of the drought you have so to. I, you right. know what? not allowed you're forced to oh right. really two yeah. minutes yeah. so yeah. you know what i'm not passing up a fucking free shower <laughs> <laughs> an opportunity to have a shower it's the best thing about being on the road <laughs> that's my first thing but my second thing is that no i like it i like restarting because i think that but you, it's the, you're the way you do it yeah right and i also like to reset my energy because mm-hmm. I think that the mistakes I've made sometimes, like, you know, sometimes you do like a early show on a Saturday night and it, it's a stormer. Yeah, like, yeah. And by the end, like, you know, you're just having such a great time and you think, well, fuck, when they come in for the 9.30, this is going to be like off the hook. Right. But you walk out on stage at 9.30 where you finished at the 7.30 show instead of starting. They're not there. Oh, yeah. They're like, the second show audience are like, hey, hang on. Like, you fingered the first show audience for a while before you right, stuck right. it in. But, like, just because you fingered them, you're like, we'll just stick it straight in right. with these guys. Like, now I know why he showered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wasn't the best analogy. <laughs> No, my mom wanted to sit in and listen to this right. podcast. I'm glad she didn't. I think something different in Australia. It's much nicer in Australia. Oh, it is? Okay. It's a knitting thing. Oh, it's okay. Finger knitted. Okay, sure. That's the new lingo. I right. killed, I destroyed, I murdered, I fingered, fingered. it. <laughs> I fingered and then stuck it in. I've, I've, said, I've said this about Austra- Australians and Americans, but I think that you can tell a lot about the styles of comedy and how comedy is different here in Australia. Mm-hmm. It's changing a bit now because we get so much American comedy there now that people have adopted the language of American comedy. Right. But... In the old days in Australia, uh, you would talk about dying. 
but mm-hmm. no one would ever ki- talk about killing. Like you would never hear someone say, I killed, I murdered, uh-huh. I destroyed, you know, like there was that sort of thing of like, in, in Australia, it was like, you might die, mm-hmm. but you didn't kill. Huh. Like it wasn't like comedy was like you against the audience. That sure. was something that I like, you know, I like, I, I think it says something about Americans. This <laughs> right. is what I would say okay. is that like Australians think that the opposite of death is life. Right. Right. Whereas Americans think that the opposite of death is killing. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the opposite of dying is killing somebody. Right, right, right. Can't the opposite of dying just being, being alive and us all be happy to get, no, I killed. I killed them. <laughs> They're dead. So is there what is that still down there? You don't. I think people say like killing a lot more now, but okay. I do notice it a lot more over here. It's because Arch talk. Barker uses it down there, right, brought yeah. it all in. It's been big. <laughs> you have any superstitions? Jim not short? not to the extent of will I because I, I mean or OCD uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I I pace a lot. Yeah, walk around pace. You know, do you think still. about your show? Are you thinking about yeah, it? Yeah, sometimes, you... sometimes. Um, but you know, it's it's. Uh, the only thing I have is is there are specific articles of clothing because I don't have a specific uniform. I'll go up in whatever I'm in. Yep. You know, because it's very it, – there's no – it's fine. I can go – I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to – I'll have the shower. I'll have one shower, not two. <laughs> I don't need to do it for the second show. But um, if I've had a really horrible show in a specific – um, like jacket mm-hmm. or something like that. I'll never wear that one again. Okay, because sure. I feel like it's that. It's that. Right. Although I have sometimes gone, fuck it, I'm going to put that coat and I'm going to redeem this. Coat. Oh yeah, nice. But I, there, I, I think sometimes it d- depends on where you go. There are some places I've been and you're wearing something and you just think I'm way too overdressed right. for this crowd. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just wearing a sort of a suit, blazer, or something over jeans, which is the most casual sort of dressed up casual look. Yeah. Uh, but you can go to some places and they look at you like, who's this fancy asshole? Right. You know, that you really can feel that kind of that kind of judgment because oh, yeah. they're in uh, unshowered and and dressed in, in 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 you know very very casual sort of clothes. But no, that I've had some shows in a specific coat or whatever, and I think there's something about this coat that they just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It's that it's that un sort of spoken thing where I, I don't know, which I just feel it. But I have tried to redeem a couple of outfits. Yeah. But I don't have a specific outfit, but I do have the clothes I'll wear on stage, but it's not like I wear the same ones. I should try the redeeming a few of the shirts because I really liked them. Right. <laughs> you know, I should try to. Take, it, take them to a gig you know is going to go well. <laughs> yeah. like, and if they yeah. can't even get you across the get line on that one, you're like, no, you know what? It is that right. fucking shirt. You're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, I did. A, I had a, a couple of years ago for my birthday, I splurged and bought myself a pair of Prada sneakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you, you know, very, very high end, and, and they have a very distinct look, and they're green, and they're pretty bright green, right. and I loved them, and I thought, oh, this is great, I'm going to wear them on stage, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I probably wore them on stage five times, and inevitably, I'm not lying, some woman in the front row was like, ooh, Prada. Like during my right. set, right. because they're so bright, they're like a uh-huh. beacon to my feet, yep. and then the women. So I stopped wearing them stopped because wearing it them. takes the focus off of you. Yeah, yeah, and then and she starts yelling, "Ooh, Prada!" And I'm in, you know, <laughs> outskirts of Boise, Idaho, and you know, I'm, the women I'm, are thinking he's got money, and the guys are thinking, "Faggot!" Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're like, "No, they're like, we're gonna roll him for those shoes." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give them to our wife. <laughs> but that is. You should wear what is you. You. Mm-hmm. And if, if the green shoes are you, yeah. then you wear. But that's the thing, too. It's just sometimes it, I think it gets in your head and you walk up there and oh, I'm wearing this or I'm wearing that or whatever. 
But I like that attitude too of just like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to wear it because that's what I want to wear. Right. I, when we but that's a, what it says about you. Yeah. You're we, wearing it because of that. We were in Austin. I think it's weird that you wore a tuxedo here today. But you won't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it is the New Year's. And okay. I, I've been wearing it since the, since right. the first. <laughs> I just came straight here. Yeah. yeah. I just came straight here from a gig. Um, <laughs> it's weird that you still have that happy New Year thing yeah. on your head. Though. And the confetti in my. Oh, well, like, let, me, let me get out the noisemaker. Right. <laughs> Great, you know that outfit's going to keep my parents there another two weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, always felt like my, my favorite, like, you know, corporate work in Australia is much like corporate work anywhere. Like, no one, everyone does it for money, but no one really, like, enjoys right, it that sure. much, right? Like, you know, but I found in Australia there was a massive difference, like, in how those gigs started going, partly when I got to the point where I was allowed to wear my own clothes. Oh, really? Because, you know, there was, a, there was a point where originally you're just getting booked as the comedian. Mm-hmm. You're booking and if it's black comic, tie, yeah. Yeah. then they want you in black tie. Yeah. If it's like a suit and tie gig, you have to be in suit and tie. If it's a tuxedo thing, they want you in a tuxedo. And there was a point where suddenly they're booking you, and so you're allowed to wear the clothes you would wear on stage. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, these gigs are going better. Yeah. And it's not just because I'm better. Like, it's because I'm in my clothes. Yeah. Like, well, you're, I can you're do- really being you. Right. Yeah. And sometimes when you're doing your act, like in a tuxedo or whatever, the thing, you're suddenly like, this act doesn't work yeah. with me looking like this. Because mm-hmm. most comics are just regular bloke. And right. if you're in a tux, you go up there like, I'm this and I'm that and I'm trying to, you know, whatever sort of sad persona that we really do have. It doesn't right. work in a tux. Yeah. There are some gigs like TV, mm-hmm. you got to dress, like Letterman. Sure. Yeah. When you right. do Letterman, uh, they, they really want you to wear a suit. Yeah, yeah. And, but it works, you know, because you're on TV, you know, you know, I'll dress it up. I locked my I locked my show clothes in the car five minutes before I was going on stage oh. one time. I was oh. in a pair of ratty cargos <laughs> and a T-shirt. I didn't give a shit, but I did. You know, the right. audience, I got, got, got five minutes out of it. You know, it was great. But, yeah. uh, but like, the manager was like, and I was, felt really bad because it was like the club. I never, I'm like, I never dress like this. And the manager's like, I don't care. He's like, I've seen people dress like this all the time. Don't worry about it. I don't, it's also cool to wear something that says, I'm on stage. Right. I'm yeah. going on stage. Something a bit weird and loud and silly or whatever. And when we were down in Austin and I bought a nice, it's a nice just uh, coat, but it's got like piping on it, like white piping, cowboy piping. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm not a cowboy, but um, it looks good on stage. you yeah. know. And I'm not going to wear it every gig, but when you're doing a theater show in Austin, it's kind of cool to walk out in a, in a Western style coat and it's kind of it's kind of halfway like i'm not this at all right, right but it's it's some show it's i'm doing a show for you yeah, you know? yeah. It, is, it is a bit of putting on a you couldn't do it at every kind of couldn't show up at a bar gig in your <laughs> in your cowboy coat <laughs> without somebody <laughs> giving, uh, giving you after some we bullshit. get that guy's shoes i want to talk about early before we get out of here like early how, how do early days of stand-up in australia because i've never i've never been to australia uh, B, you're the only second Australian I've ever met in my life. That's not true. <laughs> but what are the, what was the coming up like down there doing stand up? Is it a it, similar scene? No. Uh, so when I first started in Australia, um, it was like running away to join the circus. Yeah. So this is like nearly 20 years ago now, and um, there was probably 10 comedians in Australia who would be like making a living mm-hmm. and on their like tax form say, "I am a comedian," and that's how I make you know, my living. Mm-hmm. Like there's probably others who were like making a living, but like, you know, who you just, you could look to and go, oh yeah, right. I can okay. be a comedian like this person. 
I left newspaper journalism to do stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and like at the time that seemed like the craziest decision of all time. I do explain to my parents that 20 years on, now that newspaper journalism barely exists, right, right. comedy is an actual <laughs> career. That I've, They should be looking at me like Steve Jobs at Apple. I feel like I saw into the future. But um, it... There was a, it was just starting to be a scene again. Like it was like there was a bunch of guys who came in my generation who have all gone on to like have big careers mm-hmm. in, in various different and a lot of them still do stand up. You know they grew up and so the scene grew up. I, I think I came through at the the best time. Like for me, it feels like a really lucky time to come through because yeah. kids now are getting into stand up in the same way as they would get into advertising or mm-hmm. making video games or you know whatever. Like it's a job. I'll get in a stand-up, I'll do stand-up for a while, I'll do some acting, I'll get on the radio, I'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's a career. They can yeah, yeah. see where the career is. It's sort of almost like a like a like I'll do this and that and that and that and that. Like right. there's a like there's a formula to it. And sure. that doesn't even really exist. No. And um and yeah, so for me, I got that glory period where it was like, you know, I got into stand-up because I wanted to drink all night with like stand-ups I liked yeah. and like hang out and, you know, say outrageous things in front of people and be part of this secret club. And like, you know, that was – and then it kind of the industry grew up around mm-hmm. around me and my generation of people. So the gigs at the start were like any scene. Like you play in those – there was like one really great gig which probably like was instrumental in like all of us. There's this pub called the Espy in St Kilda. So it's St Kilda the Beach. The Espy. It's okay. short for the Esplanade Hotel. Okay. But Australians like to abbreviate everything. Sure. Breakfast is brekkie and Sunday mm-hmm. is Sunday and, you know, yeah, the yeah. Espy is the Esplanade Hotel. Uh, and so they have this back room uh, and uh, they used to have a Sunday afternoon New Comics Day. So they'd have like 14 or 15 New Comics on doing five minutes each. They'd have a pro headliner and they'd have a pro MC. Mm-hmm. Two halves, they'd have a break in the middle. So it's a Sunday afternoon session people are rolling in at like three o'clock in the afternoon after a big night out it's down by the beach yeah yeah it's a dark room out the back they're in drinking cheap beers and it's like a five dollar show or whatever so it'd be full pretty Mm -hmm. much every week you know Mm -hmm. and the crowds were pretty fun because they knew what it was it's new comics sure but secondly it's sunday afternoon (laughs) you know they're drinking they're wandering out to the beach they're wandering back in they're like having some food you know it's fun it's a fun thing so i started out there that's where all my first gigs were and it was it was the place I heard the funniest heckle I've ever heard in comedy, which was, um, am I allowed to say the C word? You can say whatever you want. I don't, like, I don't normally say this, but I need to uh, say it for this uh, story. So it was, this is very early on when I first started doing comedy. There was a big uh, massacre at Port Arthur in Australia. It was when we got rid of our guns in Australia. Mm-hmm. John Howard, the Prime Minister I talked about earlier, got rid of the guns in Australia. And uh, because this guy, Martin Bryant, shot all these people, this tourist attraction called Port Arthur, which is why people don't go to tourist attractions in their own towns. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he shot all these people. They got rid of the guns. Like it was, you know, this big deal. So... We're doing stand-up and it's like new comics, so everyone wants to be the first person to, you know, making a, make a joke about this thing. Sure. So I'm going to say this happened on a Saturday and, like, the gig's on a Sunday. It okay. was close anyway sure. for when it was. So this dude got up at the, uh, in the first bracket and his name's Crazy E. Well, that was his stage name, Crazy E. And he did these jokes about Port Arthur. And, you know, they, they were fine. Right, You right. know, but they're certainly the sort of jokes that these days somebody would write a blog on Jezebel about. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but back then they didn't have blogs or right, the right, internet. Right. Or It'd be a Twitter like apology straight away. Right. Right? <laughs> so someone in the audience has just like got up and like yelled out, that's not fair. My brother died at Port Arthur. Now, if you think about that, and if anyone had thought about it at the time, mm-hmm. 
Of course that's not true. Because right. who in the world has his brother shot the day before and thinks, you know how I can get my mind off this? <laughs> New comics at the SB on a Sunday Arvo. That'll, that'll make me forget my brother. I need a laugh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a professional laugh. Some new laughs. I didn't like my brother that much. I just want to go and see some new people try yeah. some shit out. Five dollar laugh. <laughs> I'd like to see a kid from the suburbs rip off a Bill Cosby bit. That would yeah. take my mind off my brother's. So uh, it turned out they were just causing trouble. Yeah. They got kicked out. So second half of the day has uh, come out and there's this guy called Jed Wood who now is a comedy producer. One of those mm-hmm. guys who got into stand-up but now produces comedy. And uh, he was doing a, a routine about the C word and the, the routine involved him saying the C word a lot. It was mm-hmm. along that sort of demystifying, you know, sure. if we say it enough, like then it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't sure. have any power. And he's in the middle of this routine and this voice has just come from the back of the room. Oh, come on, mate. That's not fair. My brother's a cunt. <laughs> awesome. I, I love when somebody's so brilliant in the audience. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I like. I've always been. I don't know how you go with heckles and stuff like that. Like, but I've always been quite. As long as they're engaging and fun mm-hmm. yeah. I've never been like I'm a person who's like that's how you can remember like you remember that night that yeah. show that yeah. that whatever I um I remember in Edinburgh I was at it was the first time I went to Edinburgh in 1999 and this guy from Glasgow heckled me and it was one of those moments like I was pretty new to comedy and it was one of those moments where you're like do I let it go or do you you know, engage yeah. in the moment and I remember it still because this guy I won't do the accent because as I've said already, <laughs> terrible accents. It would just sound like this. It would just sound like Australian. You can just assume that I'm doing the accent right now. He said, he said, mate, Australians are so lazy, they wouldn't pull a greasy stick out of a dog's ass. Still to this day, one of, like, because the whole audience laughed. And it's just one of those moments where you're just like, I've got no fucking idea what that means. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, There's nowhere to really go with it. Right. right? Just gotta... Well, I did say to him, I said, mate, I think we're a little more concerned what Scottish people are doing sticking it up there in the first place. I mean, how bad are you at playing fetch? But... That's awesome. Guys, I want to thank you uh, for trekking across town today to coming over and do this. I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's been brilliant. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad, Jim, you came back for a second time. And, Will, I'm glad I met you at the podcast festival. And, uh, it's been fun. You're willing to do this. Where can we catch you guys coming up here? I uh, I'll be in Seattle at the Comedy Underground in February. Oh, awesome! And uh, and uh, you know we're, we're, I'm trying to book some other stuff. So yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Sure, sure. And your jimshort.com? Jimshort.com and um, and uh, Jimmy Shelter on Jimmy the Shelter. Uh, on the Twitters. Awesome. Uh, I am uh, Will with one L underscore Anderson. I noticed Twitter. they spelled it wrong on your uh, on my uh, Starbucks coffee? cup that yeah. I got here on the way. That's yeah. just punishing me for drinking Starbucks. Which <sighs> I've been like, anyway, I'm no, not, not going to get it. I'm a Starbucks fan. This I, is I, not that. Yeah. But as an Australian, Australians like to boast about there are a lot of things, but mm-hmm. there's one thing that uh, Australians like to boast about probably the most is coffee. Oh, really? Like they, yeah. In Australia, they say the Italians invented it and then we got it right. Okay. So <laughs> like, and Australian coffee is fantastic. Really? But oh, another reason to go. We, we don't, go for quantity like you guys you guys have just gone we'd prefer shit coffee but you can buy the size of your head of it for three dollars <laughs> right, right. in australia they're like why don't you just have a nice cup for three dollars yeah, it'll yeah. be a better third you probably don't need to be awake that often <laughs> <laughs> it'll take the edge off your meth so there's not many starbies in, no uh, they opened 40 huh? of them 32 of them closed really yeah it's uh, the only place where they, they just didn't catch on because wow. people were not 
not that interested. There's some coffee chains and stuff in Australia as well, but that's amazing. You can get good coffee all over the place. But uh, yeah, Will with one L, willanderson.com.au with one L. And my website is literally just one of those pages that has a link to if you're on Google Plus, if you're on Twitter, if okay. you're on Tumblr, if you you can find me where you are because I don't think that. Like in people's busy day of looking up websites, they yeah. go, you know what I should check out today? Willanderson.com.au and see what... Oh, you can find me in, in the place that you guys hang out. That's what I'd say. But um, when does this go up? Uh, tonight. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at... Um, Melt- if you're in LA... LA. I'm in, uh, I'm at Meltdown on Wednesday night. Okay. Uh, and I am at the Comedy Palace on Thursday night. And I am uh, Friday night at UCB doing set list. And Saturday, I'm at Riot Festival doing Prompter. And then I'm at San Francisco Sketch Fest in uh, oh, when are February, you there? 6th, 7th, and 8th. I'm there on the 7th and 8th. Cool. Awesome. Oh, nice. We'll have to look each other up. Yeah. So, like, uh, I'd love if people could come out and see those shows. My first time in San Fran. So, cool, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Have you well, never done it? No, never before. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm nice. excited. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I am uh, at Murray V on Twitter. You know that I was supposed to do the New York Podcast Festival this weekend, guys. I apologize. I had to pull out due to scheduling. Um, but I will be back up at San Francisco Sketch Fest. On, I'm doing uh, the podcast, Road Stories, uh, on the 8th. And I'm catching Will Anderson's show after that, right yeah, after that. Because I think I'm an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm at the Ca- Palace Cabaret. Does that sound right? Uh, with Kira Sol- okay, you're a San Francisco guy. I was just asking. Uh, with Kira Saltanovich on the 7th, um, I'll get all those up on there. And then uh, uh, and then that's it, uh, guys. Um, I wish, I wish I, you guys come with a whole bunch of stuff to plug. I got nothing. I had mine up on my computer. So oh, you that's got why I could stuff. read it. I got, I got, well, we were going to podcast with Margaret. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Monsters oh, yeah. Talk. Coming Monsters up, talk, coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, well, we got Dylan Morin is up right now. Awesome. And Neil Finn in, oh, in, in, in really? a couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So listen wow. to them. Dylan Morin is, I mean, I... I think it's we w- we drove. I didn't mean to cut you off. We drove no, from Austin to Dallas, and and Dylan uh, carpooled with us, and so we had a chat mm-hmm. driving wow. up up uh, uh, through Texas, which is a great way to spend time with Dylan Morin and Margaret Chan. Right, if right. people don't know Dylan Morin, and I'm sure people listening to this are probably comedy fans, but if yeah, people yeah. don't know Dylan Morin, I had the opportunity. Like I've been a lifelong fan of his. I mm-hmm. think one of, the, but I saw at the Sydney Opera House. I think last year, uh, he and Louis were both out doing shows, and they had so like. I think Louis did like a 7.30 show and like Dylan had the 9.30 mm-hmm. show and yeah, in the same room, main room at the Sydney Opera House, like right. 3,000 people, right, right. like, you know, but I was like, at the same seats, both shows. <laughs> and like Louis' show was probably one of the top 10 shows I've ever seen in mm-hmm. my life. Dylan's show was better. Like wow. it was, he's that good. Wow. Like he's, yeah. If people don't know his work, I just could not recommend enough that people check him out. Just stunningly amazing stand-up comedian. Oh, that's great. How, Neil, boy, you, you, you and Margaret had a band on stage with you guys, didn't you? Did I hear that right? Well, we, yeah, Margaret does a bit of music too. So yeah, yeah. all we had Sorry, you um, Neil Finn, and I remember we that. had a, well, we interviewed Neil Finn, who's just unbelievable, and um, but Australia we had or New Zealand, New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. We like to claim him in Australia. We right, claim right. crowded house, but we can't claim. <laughs> it's a bit of everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, we had when when Margaret. Well, in Chicago, we got to know the Wilco guys really well, right? Right. And oh, yeah, some right. Wow. some of uh, Glenn and John joined Margaret in Chicago, awesome, to play a song, a song called Fat Pussy. Oh, <laughs> and um, and then when we were in at the Will Turn in LA, Mike Michael from Wilco uh, got together with a few other people, um, and we had Mark Hart, who's also in Crowded House, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, 
uh, Orfeo McCord from Edwin Sharp and the Magnetic okay, Zeros cool. and, and Eric uh, Paparazzi who plays with Cat Power. So mm. we had a super wow. band wow, that's awesome. at the Wiltern. So that was really great. And they played Fat Pussy and Free Nelson Mandela by the specials. Oh, cool. Because he had just passed oh, sure, away the day course. before. It was a really great moment. And there's stuff on YouTube uh-huh. with that as well. But yeah, oh, awesome. we, we hung out with the Wilco guys a lot over the summer and they wow. were just great guys. We went on. We followed them on their tour with, uh-huh. with Bob Dylan, and it was great. Oh, great! I'm a big Wilco fan and Dylan fan. Um, you know, I forgot. I just saw Margaret Cho last year. I went to the uh, Dave Grohl put on a Husker Do uh, tribute to Bob Mould. Oh yeah, oh wow. And, yeah. Uh, Margaret uh, sat in, and I think the place was half empty, and it was just. Oh really? It was. You will not. Yeah, I, nobody knows who Bob Mould is out here. But right. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the guy who wrote all the wrestling themes for the WWE <laughs> as well. If you want to come in and. <laughs> All right, well, guys, thank you so much for coming. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for being nice to my parents, uh, Jim, especially while we're waiting to do oh, they're this. Lovely. That was they're great. lovely. Uh, she's like you. She's been out of the South for 30 years. She still talks like she lives in Memphis. So. There, you go. there you go. You have to. <laughs> you guys, uh, uh, thanks a lot for uh, listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow, more missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon